Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Dual Access Podcast. I've got a very, very special guest today. I've got Tom Pilgrim with me. Tom went through the day to school program, gosh, six years ago now, five years ago, something like that, before going on and being a consultant for the Information Lab Ireland, taking over as the people team. And now he is a career development coach. And we're going to talk all about Tom's experience and how he went from a data analyst to an entrepreneur. Thanks for joining me, Tom. Thanks, Andy. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, my, my pleasure. Could you tell us a bit about your background and, and what led you, I guess, first to a career in data and then, and uh, you know, first to your career in data and consulting? Sure. Yeah. Um, getting towards data, I I was doing a lot of science. So I was, um, I was doing a postgrad in marine biology at the time and doing a lot of statistical work, uh, building out fisheries maps for, for, yeah, for fishery populations. So I was doing that. And I got an email one day about uh, the data school from the data school jobs board. Uh, and I kind of played around with it in the lab and thought, oh, this is, this is fun. This is way better than what I'm doing today. This <laughs> is much easier. And uh, actually makes making all the doing all the stats and the data actually enjoyable. So I played around with it that evening, uh, found some sports data, sent an application to you, and uh, here we are today. Um, so that's how I got into data. Um, yeah. And then I, I suppose whilst I was at the data school, I then discovered, well, not discovered, but rekindled this love of, of training and developing people. So uh, previous to... To the, the science work I was doing, I was working as a scuba diving instructor. I've done, I was doing some work as a looking to go into secondary school teaching as well. So, and then I got to do a placement with Groupon during the data school, yep. which allowed me to to train people and get involved in some of the DS training as well. Which then just I I guess I found that nugget of what I love doing is developing people but yeah. I'm applying the data skills that I learned to that and that led me to the Irish team and then I see that now is quite a common thread yeah. throughout my career really yeah so you went from the data school the consulting there learning about the training and then when you went to the team in Ireland you basically started up kind of the training program and the people side of the business there right yeah yeah so I started off with seven people and we built out a graduate program. So we were kind of took the, the data school model and applied that to Ireland. And I was yeah doing all the hiring, doing all the, the people development, the technical training, more development coaching. And again, seeing them now being part of our, our wider team. So we're now at 34 people, I think. Um, and my roles drifted, well, not drifted, it's evolved towards... <laughs> it's evolved now to, to head of people so i formed the people team whereby we yeah build out career development plans bring in all sorts of employee support and and training running leadership development programs coaching and yeah and coaching's i guess the next evolution from that as well now yeah and what are what are some of your key learnings from your role as the head of people listen to people listen, uh, yeah that's great listen, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They normally uh, tell you the tell you the truth. Um, yeah, no, listening to people and having, I guess, bringing bringing more empathy to, to the people in the business and what they actually want. But also, I think the, the role that I play today is very much the uh, the the bridge between what the business needs, the commercial financial requirements, but also then what the people 
actually want and need and beyond beyond the job as well. So what do they need for their yeah. families and their lifestyles? And then, you know, you can't have it all one way or the other. You have to kind of be a, a almost a mediator between the two of the the head of finance and then the the people who want to, you know, some extra time to do this or that as well. So yeah, they kind of find the middle ground a lot, which is a good a good negotiator, I suppose, as well. Um, How did you then help people with their life work balance? Because that's that's a really big issue right now, right? People are kind of attached to their jobs. Um, they feel like you know they need to, you know, give everything they can to the to the company, and they kind of sometimes neglect their family and their life. Um, your role in the head of people, how did you how did you help people get a better balance with that? Yeah, and it's really important for us being that we're a fully remote business. We're doing more in-person stuff now, but um, we're fully remote, which makes it even more important. And it came, it comes from role modeling at the top, I think. So, mm. you know, pretty much everyone in the senior management team, other than two of us, were, would have families. And we've normalized, you know, putting in family time into your calendars, for example. So mm -hmm. everyone from the top would have pick up times in their calendars, that sort of thing. And mm. uh, that, that, you know, normalizing that kind of behavior, I think is, is really important. Mm. Um, uh, and what else do we do? Yeah, I think, I, think, I think a lot of it comes down to role modeling. People will naturally pick up behaviors that they see and just normalizing yeah. Yeah. time, you know, and what's important really and yes. celebrating people's things outside of, of work as well. Like there's, there's ultimately more important things and, yeah, businesses. Yeah. There's more to business than you know making money. You know, it's it's about the people, the connections as well. So just normalizing some of that social time with each other as well. I think. Is yeah. yeah, and I guess it's good to make that positive, uh, to be that positive role model. You know, it's different than, you know, because you're intentionally putting things in your calendars for you know pickup times after school. That's quite different than just. Uh, not responding to emails, right? Yeah. Do, do you feel like that's a much more demonstrable thing than just just not doing something versus you're proactively doing something to show that you should be doing that balance? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I have some in my team, yeah, and she's got a, a family and she'll have all of her times mapped out in her calendar when she's working, when she's not working. And that works really well because I'm not, I'm not going to pester her when she doesn't need it, when she yeah. doesn't need to elsewhere. And, yeah. I think so there's a huge level of trust as well, I think. And I think it goes both mm. ways. I think that whole normalizing when people are working and when they aren't, it, it shows trust and autonomy. And I think once you the employee has trust that the employee's not then the company's not kind of chasing you up, you know, twenty-four-seven for something, yeah. then you naturally trust the company back and you give that extra bit of work when you are working as well so i think yeah, it, it yeah. goes both ways yeah yeah, yeah. I, I imagine that helps a lot with employee retention then yeah oh massively uh the retention's been uh, ridiculously high for us uh the last few years i think yeah we've grown from what seven to 35 and i think two or three people have left uh in mm -hmm. that time as well so yeah um so yeah no it's been it's been really good and something that's always a really nice thing that you can talk to new employees about as well and when you're hiring you can reference that which is always a there's a there's there's, there's lots of indicators and things you can say but having a strong retention rate is uh yeah it's, it's hard to beat for 
attracting people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and while you've been at uh, in your role as the head of people, you started doing certifications to become a certified um, a career coach. Um, why did you decide to head that path? Yeah, so we, as a management team, we all started uh, working with an executive coach to work on our own, whatever. Okay, so you've we got your own wanted coach. To work on. Yeah, yeah, so I had my own coach and we all did as a, as a leadership team, we all had our own coach that we were working with. And uh, we all saw the benefit of it hugely. Uh, and I've always been interested in that. I've kind of naturally been coaching me. My role was head coach before when I was developing. So I've always lent into that sort of thing um so so i was fortunate that dave uh you know would put me towards uh some trainings and i did i did the the qualification there for for my coaching so this transformative coaching program and Mm -hmm. yeah so i I really enjoyed it as i was doing it it was very much the reason was to do it was internal coaching within the company that was yeah yeah initial reasoning to do it and as I got more and more into it I just you know rediscovered a a passion for it really I Mm. think I've I've always loved that one-to-one you know you've just seen it through training people in the day school and elsewhere where you kind of see that aha moment yeah yeah when someone gets in you see that someone walks out the room and you know they're a step ahead of where they were when they walked in and it's just nice um and I kind of drifted away from that as I as the role had evolved, kind of got less, you know, less involved in doing the one-to-one support and training and coaching really got me that again. So mm-hmm. I'd been doing it then alongside my role with, within the company, but also I started to get some clients outside of uh, the information lab as well and really enjoying mm-hmm. that that bit of work as well. So and just kind of slowly built the coaching up alongside. Um, yeah. And what what advice do you have? So, you know, I know that you you spoke to your boss about uh, wanting to start, you know, developing this side, this side business. Um, and, uh, you know, I guess ultimately, you know, Dave's a smart person. He probably saw that, you know, this might be a potential great opportunity for you. What advice do you have for people that are trying to start something on the side? Um and you know they're there should they hide it should they make their boss aware of it how do they kind of navigate that situation yeah it, it's all it's always going to depend on the personal circumstance i'm sure but for me i would always want to just say it up front and have a conversation but then i have a really good open relationship with my my boss as well so it's i've never anticipated that there'd be an issue by it but i appreciate not everyone's in that situation so it might be a bit different yeah. for you but yeah i think um honestly up front explaining the the reasoning you know the benefit to to the company from it as well mm-hmm. um because ultimately there's always you know, it, unless it's a completely conflicting uh business it's it's not really going to have, have negative implications on the company um you know generally speaking other than maybe you, yeah. you're getting using too much of your own time but you know i think and i've had someone in my team come to me we've got a couple of people who have got little side things that are going on and they're always set it up front and it's always a good positive thing i think um it's the way the world is going as well more and more people are having yeah just you know diverse income streams and you mm-hmm. know seeing what they can do on the side i think just being really open about the 
the what is it the yeah the benefits to to you and your own development and how that could impact the company going forward um yeah i think that's a good way and then and then just being open about the time so i was very open around i'm probably going to spend three or four hours a week on this in terms of coaching you know there might be a bit more outside of that as well but actual fixed hours that i won't be available for, yeah. for work and when are you going to do that you know just being really setting a clear i think once everyone's very clear on what the expectations are then it should all be okay yeah yeah i guess it all comes down to communication right yeah <laughs> like definitely. everything else in life yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah, if we think then about your your role now or the, the the business you're doing on the side is is the career development coach what are some of the most common career dilemmas that people are coming across from from your clients and how have you been advising them yeah so people come to me it's often with language such as i'm stuck or i've hit a plateau and i don't know what to do next and there there's some sort of deliberation over should i stay should i go right um often it's those those things they've been somewhere for a few years and they're starting to feel a bit stuck and they're trying to figure out how to go where to go next and how i help them is that i i walk them through a a program where we start off with clarity and i really look at getting them a hundred percent clear on what they actually want from not just the career but that we look at the whole life i have this kind of quadrant exercise that we go through around all the things that are really important mm-hmm. to them and how the career fits into all of that um, and it takes people away from this work-life balance approach but instead kind of embraces a work-life harmony and making sure all, everything fits together mm-hmm. and everything's going in the right direction for what they want ultimately so I do that then um, depends then on where they go so it's all very bespoke programs um, yeah I, I would then take people through um really looking at um interview practice sometimes as well um my current one of my current clients now where we've been doing yesterday uh we're going through an, a job application for example so we actually right. were going through the, the the uh the job description and helping her with the framework i've got there to to break down all of her experience and skills and telling stories of how to actually pitch herself there and lots of other things like that but i think it's very hard to know where the coaching goes until we've done that clarity piece to start mm-hmm. with, which, uh, which I'd always start off with. Yeah. Yeah. How, how should people know, you know, that when it comes to coaching, I find, I know the value of coaches and cause I've had them before, but if somebody's kind of unsure, like, should they have a coach? What is a coach? How do they navigate that process? How do they navigate it? Uh, like, how do they figure out, you know, well, do I need a coach? How do I find a coach? Um, you know, things like that. Like, how, how to get started with a coach. And and I guess, like, a lot of people don't even know coaches exist for this, yeah. Coach, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I would say using a platform like LinkedIn um, is always a good place to find people and to and be able to start a dialogue. I think every, every good coach out there will happily have conversations with people as well before engaging in anything yeah. to to understand because coaching is a very uh it, it's it's an unregulated thing right so ev- all coaches will act in different ways based on what they 
yeah. how they want to work and how they've been trained as well. So um, there's no kind of set agenda that's regulated. This is how coaching should work. Like lots of coaches will do things in all yeah. sorts of different ways. So um, the coach needs to know if it's the right fit for them as well. And if it's the right kind of type of work and ultimately all coaches are, you know, no, one I think gets into coaching to make a huge amount of money. They get in there to help people and help them in the right way. Yeah, so they're going to want to make sure that that you fit what they're looking for as well. So, go and speak to some coaches and and find out um, someone who's who's been there and done that kind of thing before. I think is quite good. That's certainly what I look for. Is yeah, experience maybe yeah. a couple of years behind where I am in my journey as well, because I know that I can help those people. And I'll yeah. I'll, I'll only ever um, you know work with people who I know I can help. And it's yeah. pretty yeah. clear after a an hour's conversation to to know what they're looking for and if that's you know the right fit for me as well mm-hmm. um so yeah go how and does speak somebody to some know people. how does somebody know if they should even get coaching right yeah. they, they might be stuck but they're like where do what do i do you know yeah if they're if you're if you've been fighting the same thing for a long time i don't seem to be making any progress and i'd certainly say that's where a coach can come and help you right um, right i guess it's kind of like therapy yeah right? it is it definitely is yeah yeah it, you know a lot of therapy. It's sitting there there's a lot of that and it's sitting and it's listening and even just speaking back the word that people say to me and paraphrasing them uh can be all that people need a lot of the time and i've had loads of sessions where people have actually said just you know hearing those words back is just spark them into action because it's like mm. you're always acting as that mirror to them where um yeah and there's so there's something about speaking it's like i'm not a psychologist but i've you know come across a lot of this now it's um something around speaking out your thoughts which is just incredibly forward yeah forward thinking that's what coaching is about i guess different to therapy it's much more you know it it uses similar methodologies but it's much more looking forward at what you want to to do next and how do we get to that so yeah Um, that's good so yeah if you're if you're stuck and a bit lost and you're not sure you know how to get and the other thing that that coaching is very good for as well especially in the career space is it's quite hard to get um you know there's lots of technical training you can get a company to pay for yeah um coaching in a career context is not something that's necessarily provided for by your company for reasons <laughs> fairly obvious yeah. you might go into you yeah. might go and leave them um so so yeah having an independent person is is quite a strong way of doing and as regardless of what it is i coach people on could be something around time management or uh improving their communication as well so it's not solely related to just career although that's where i lean into most Mm -hmm. so you're in the process of kind of transitioning out of your role as the head of people at the information lab and you are going to become an entrepreneur and go all in on your coaching business um what inspired you to take the leap into entrepreneurship i i love the the freedom and the flexibility to do what I really want to do um, mm-hmm. and have the time to do the things in my life that I want to do as well. I think that's probably yeah. the, the ultimate driver. And I, I find the coaching work just so rewarding. Um, mm. I had a session yesterday where I came off it. I was like, oh, it was great. Like I, I can see the difference that I've just made to somebody yeah. in terms of actually finding something for their, you know, their next role. So it was, 
it's a really rewarding bit of work and it allows me flexibility to to move around a lot as well which is it's important to me um and i just want to give it a go um i think coaching is an interesting one having learned the skills of coaching i can see it drift into other other aspects of what i do as well i, I was on some interviews the other day and i could see that i was almost starting to coach them in the interview as well it was you start <laughs> to pick up different skills so i've kind of uh I've, i'm learning a lot about the wider kind of business as well mm -hmm. and commercials all that kind of stuff as well through through this venture so whether it ends up being a, a full-time career forever or not i don't right. know but I'm, right. I'm just learning a lot through it and it's exciting it's uh I've never really stayed in the same role or position for, for longer than three or four years. So I've always yeah, been, yeah. feels like the next evolution really. Yeah. Yeah. And and that transition is taking you halfway around the world to Australia. Uh, yeah. I'm very jealous about. Uh, I've been there you yeah. know, went there a few months ago and absolutely loved it. Um, yeah. Why Australia? Yeah. Let's, uh, why start, not, right? <laughs> let's start a new business and let's go and move to the other side of the world and do it there. Where yeah. Yeah, no context <laughs> at the same time. Yeah. Let's go really go all in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, it's, um, we've always wanted me and my partner. We've, we've wanted to to go out there for a while. And okay. I actually had a, a chat with Dave uh, a couple of years ago about moving and it just wasn't the right time for a variety of reasons. And now yeah, yeah. it, now it's the, the timing is right now. Uh, if we don't go now, I don't know when we will. So, right, yeah. Right. So, yeah, it's very much that why not side of things. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, and <laughs> sunshine. Uh, yeah, it's all quite <laughs> healing, really. So, yeah. No, I think it'll be good fun for a couple of and we'll see how long it goes. So, um, yeah. It's uh, one of those things, really, yeah. What are some of the initial challenges you've faced moving to another country, moving to another country and setting up a business in another country. Yeah. Um, you know, I've always been very independent. I think I've always, like I used to live abroad or I was working as a, a diving instructor. I've kind of always been quite one for, for moving around, moving to Ireland to go and work across there, you know, then setting up the business. It's, um, yeah, it's just... I guess I'm curious. I'm naturally curious. Yeah. But from an um, from from a kind from of a, a, from a, like a business owner, you're moving mm -hmm. to a new country and you have to set up a business in a new country. If somebody else wants to do the same thing, like let's say I want to move to um, somewhere in Europe and set up a business, what sort of challenges do you face with setting up a business in a different country? Got you. Okay, so. So there's the obvious legal ones of can you actually work there or not? Yeah. <laughs> Minor detail. Yeah. So, yeah, that's obviously the first one to go and check. Um, but there's loads of people who can help you with that as well if, you, if you, it's unclear. Um, thankfully for me in Australia, it's being British, it's uh, a lot easier. So that's good. Um, yeah. And then, I mean, there's lifestyle challenges, of course, as well, and uh, mm. building out a client base as well. So, I think the world's becoming ever more uh, connected as well. So mm -hmm. people who I've been working with here in the UK and in Ireland, I can, you know, if I do a, a few evenings or whatever, I can easily continue working with people for a couple hours a day, you know, 
across the other side yeah, of the world as well. Your, so. Adjust your working hours. Yeah, exactly. So if you're willing to, I think you need a willingness to be a bit more flexible around yeah. kind of finding the right sides, clients. With you and the clients, yeah. Of course, yeah. And you've got to be open about that with, with new clients you're signing up as mm -hmm. well. Um, so yeah, I think, I guess, yeah, there's also logistical challenges of moving, which right, I think right. regardless, but um, yeah, and then the legal implications of it all. Okay. But um, yeah. other than that, yeah, go and uh, give it a go, really. Uh, <laughs> what's, what's the worst that could happen? Yeah, 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 yeah. As long as you've got your legal thing sorted. Then, yeah, uh, yeah. That's good. And and as a you know a former data analyst, how are you using data to help you drive the business? Ooh, good question. Um, <laughs> probably not enough. Um, <laughs> the irony. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I do. I keep. Uh, I do keep records of uh, of sessions, and yeah, I have various um, online tracking tools and mm -hmm. i use uh for my linkedin posts i i will have um, which is important for me to the content there helps bring in a lot of business but um yeah. i use a tool there called shield which is uh good for analyzing what type of content works well okay. uh, to help drive drive engagement with people as well so that would be a, a good one for me that i find i find works really well um and that, that that's shield app that's shield app shield yeah. app yeah yeah that's the one yeah okay. yeah no it works I, I find that really useful it allows you to look back historically at what posts have done mm -hmm. well and then repurpose them very easily which is okay. good and you can add your own tags to them so if it's more of more of a story type post or image based or whatever it is you can really easily right. see what's working well for your audience which is good so so that would be the main one that i'd use i think yeah okay and and uh are there any other tools or platforms obviously shield is a is a really critical one to help you running your business um what other tools or platforms do you swear by linkedin okay you know, if that that counts within your sure. list yeah sure. i think for anyone who's trying to you know regardless of what you're doing working a traditional career doing your own thing whatever it is i think building a network there building a personal brand on there is one of the best bits of most mm. personal development but also networking that you can do i think yeah uh, there's a you you've seen it yourself i notice you're doing more and more um it, it really does open up opportunities and yeah uh, absolutely yeah i'd say i for years and years i was scared of of doing anything online like that always sitting behind the, the screen and you know not one i remember that from your training days yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and i guess after a while i kind of you know get over yourself yeah exactly yeah you know, yeah but on, on linkedin yeah. so as as an entrepreneur you uh and a you know you're a one-person business you i assume you find quite a few of your clients on linkedin yeah. um how do you how do you use linkedin to actually find those people yeah, so the, you can, there's two, I guess, there's there's outbound and then inbound as well. So majority of people actually I work with come via content that I've put out. They've actually sent me messages saying, oh, uh, you know, this has been really interesting to me. I, right. This really helped me. That resonates with me, um, you know, that kind of stuff, yeah. Yeah, could we have a chat about, I'm, I'm intrigued about this coaching you're doing, can we have a okay. chat? So a lot of it come that way. 
Um, and then the other bit would be outreach that I've done. But what I've done there is very much go and send messages to, to connections, people I'd have worked with, old clients from consulting days, right? Uh, old past colleagues from the information lab who are elsewhere. Um, so yeah, all everyone I've worked with, I have at least a, a mutual connection with, if not right. a, a, a direct okay. connection. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I guess you could yeah. also probably work with companies as well. Like if they had a set of you know, maybe they want to put their management team through training, like you're, like uh, you and the and uh, the leadership team, yeah. at the lab did. Exactly, yeah, that's definitely where I'm. I'm not doing that right now because of my uh, existing commitments, but it's certainly what I'm going to start doing. Yeah, you know, yeah. As, of, as of a few weeks or a couple of months when I start moving. Um, yeah, I'd like to look more into helping a whole team develop. Um, I've been doing some work internally, kind of team coaching as well, and seeing. Uh, how you can actually get a team or to gel together yeah, and yeah. applying a lot of that coaching to, to teams and groups as well, which is, which yeah. is good. But um, yeah, I mean, I've been doing the internal coaching within the information lab. That's definitely a, a group setting, but, um, yeah. but really working with individuals. Have been, uh, yeah. So the best way to get in touch with people uh, for people to get in touch with you is probably on LinkedIn, right? Yeah. LinkedIn. Yeah. I'm and sure it's, and it's, uh, it's Tom Pilgrim, G R E M. Yeah. With yeah. an E, yeah. <laughs> With an E. Thanks, yeah. family. Yeah. <laughs> so if, you, if you're looking for some career advice or you want to have a chat to even see if if you're compatible with, with each other and you might want to work together, you know, you can schedule a, a, a quick call with Tom to, to go through and have that chat because you want to make sure it's right for both uh, for both people, right? It, it needs to be right for you as a coach, but also for them that you they feel like you're a good fit for them. Yeah. So I'd highly encourage everybody to if you're if you're unsure at all about needing a career coach, get in touch with Tom. He will help you. Um, I can't can't recommend it enough. He, and he's a wonderful person as well. Um, that's uh, a, a really important thing for me when I look for a coach. They have to be a really good person. Um, so what are your short term and long term goals for your coaching business? Hmm. Okay. Um, short-term goals is to build a client base that I can work with when I'm in Australia. That that's, I guess, the, the short. Yeah, got to make money. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, but it's more experimental, I think, as well. So beyond yeah. just one-to-one career coaching, which I'm doing, I'd like to look at things like um, graduate programs. So I, I I think okay. I'm very very good at working with um, people who are either developing in their initial early careers or they've just done a couple of roles and they want something else. I'm, I'm finding a, yeah. a good niche for that group of people. Um, so I'd like to start talking to various companies that I'm connected with around building programs to help their, you know, I don't know potential talent or emerging leaders, that sort of thing and working with them. So I'm going to start when I have a bit of time off to, to think about building out that sort of program and then pitching that either yeah. to, to companies, but also to universities as well, and seeing if there's anything there, I can start looking at people leaving university, leaving grad programs, that sort of thing. So that's yeah. a short to midterm thing. Longer term, it's about, I guess, it's about trying out a few different things um, and finding finding cons- consistent income that allows me to balance the kind of lifestyle I want, which is a you know. Slightly reduced working time and being able to travel a lot as well. So mm-hmm. I think it's building out the the systems to give me the 
you know, give me some predictable revenue. I suppose that's, I guess, the longer term goal to to live a more flexible um, life with lots of travel. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, lots of travel is always great, especially in Australia. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Well, so let's let's finish up with a couple of rapid fire questions here. So, okay, what is your... I'm not good at these. I'm, that's I'm okay. a thinker. That's that's <laughs> the point. Uh, what is your your uh, favorite book you've read in the last 12, 12 months? Atomic Habits. Oh, I just definitely. finished that. No, oh, not a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> that was a really quick answer too. That's good. Yeah. Uh, are you a morning person or a night owl? Morning. I'm already back from uh, walk on the on the moor this morning. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And what is um, uh, other than LinkedIn? Per, let's think from a personal perspective. Okay. Sure. What is what is one tool or app that you can't live without? Guy sports, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Keep up with football and rugby and, and all that. Yeah. Great. Great. Good enough. Well, um, Tom, um, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? So um, if they're interested in, in pursuing, so you talked about LinkedIn. Um, yeah, let's go through those resources yeah. again. Yeah, I think link, LinkedIn's the best way. Um, you can probably just add a link to that in the, in the description. Yeah, I'll put it in the description, um, yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah. People connect with me, send me a message, and I'd love to, to have a chat with you via that, that platform. Yeah, that's the best way. Great. All right. Well, thank you very much, yeah. Tom, and good luck with your move to Australia. Great. Thanks, Andy. All right. Enjoy today. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.